Welcome to No Stone Unturned with Frank and your boy Cynic. Let's go. Let's do it. Episode two. What's up, mother lovers? We're back with another installment of the No Stone Unturned podcast. Today, we'll be talking about vaccines. We're calling this episode Stick It To Them. And we've done quite a bit of research, and I think we still only scratched the surface, to be totally honest. I felt like I went down a rabbit's hole when I was looking into this topic. Uh, But hopefully, everyone out there will learn a little something, or at least uh, have their interest peaked enough to look up or look into the topic themselves and uh, get informed. I must say, Cynic, we do sound much more clear this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hope the the listeners could appreciate that. We're working here to make sure that this is a pleasurable experience for you. So just wanted to throw those two cents in. Indeed. We are testing a different uh, service. See if we have maybe a little better luck. We ran a few tests, and so far that was those all went pretty well. So let's see. We're expecting good things. And before we pop off here, man, I just want to go ahead and start with a little random fun fact. Yes. Uh, fun fact of this episode is Pringles aren't really actually potato chips. <laughs> it states the next time you see a can of Pringles, take a closer look. You won't see the word chip anywhere on the packaging. That's because Pringles aren't made of a thinly sliced potato, but instead of dehydrated potato flakes, pressed into a signature parabolic shape. Um, so next time you eat Pringles, guys, think of No Stone Unturned. We're fucking everywhere <laughs> in your nightmares. I remember hearing that Pringles are made out of mashed potatoes or something like that. Did you ever hear that? I never, no, I never did. Um, actually, learning that they're dehydrated flakes is something that I just discovered today. So Yeah. Um, but they're amazing. Sour cream and onion, for the record, is the best flavor. Don't at me. Anybody have a problem with that? Go post it on our Twitter page. That does bring me to my next topic. Don't forget to follow us at on twitter better said at no stone underscore again follow us on twitter guys we really would appreciate it at no stone underscore um you can go ahead drop us any comments good bad or indifferent tell us what you thought about our last episode tell us what you want to talk about next episode and i know me and cynic would do the best we can to get back at you guys and make sure we let you know we appreciate you so Make sure you go ahead and hit that follow button, yes, suckers. Yes, please do that. And let everyone know. Let your people know. I think we're going to have some pretty cool topics coming up that everyone uh, will hopefully enjoy. So, um, yeah. Let's jump in. I wanted to it. just start with a quick disclaimer. Because this is, as I said earlier, a pretty touchy topic. Um, you have two really entrenched sides of the pro and anti vaccine and today i think what we want to do is kind of just really scratch the surface and find out a little bit more about what what is the deal with all of that and and why do these sort of uh, why we have these two sides these that are so you know rabid rabid against each other so the disclaimer is basically you know 
what we're going to talk about today is not meant to be advice for anyone to go out and get themselves or their children vaccinated or not get them vaccinated. That's still a total pers- totally personal decision that uh, is left to, to the families. You have to take responsibility for yourself. And if you have kids, you know, for them and their health. So these are all difficult decisions that uh, people should all concern themselves with, in my opinion. If they care about their health and the health of their children, it means finding out, you know, the real deal and doing the research. And even then you won't get a nice, clear cut answer. You'll have to make a decision in the end. So, you know, there it is. Disclaimer over. Yeah, man. Well said. Well said. We definitely don't want to influence people to go right or left. Um, Again, just give you the information and have you do what you wish with it. So yeah, so a couple of things that I want to discuss, I'm just going to briefly mention them. And then uh, Frank, you can tell us or tell everyone a bit about maybe what you want to talk about. So I was thinking about this topic and I realized um, I don't want to make an assumption about how much people know about vaccines. So I thought it might be interesting to first go over a little bit about what they are or how they work. Uh, the types of vaccines, and and this is all going to be really brief. Okay, I'm not going to go into um, some long uh, dissertation about all of, all of these topics. Uh, a little bit about the recurring vaccines, so the ones that we're meant to get more than once, and then some of the uh, ingredients. A little bit about the ingredients, and this is where I think you we, we will get to most of the controversial stuff, the ingredients and the. the supposed uh, illnesses that they cause the big one uh, well supposedly cause the big one being autism and then i might talk a little bit about the vaccine schedule in the u.s you know like how who makes it how and why and then you know i'll give my two cents on on the whole topic Uh, maybe you can share what you want to talk about today i know that you have a uh, well off the air we talked about one of your personal stories i'm not sure if you want to get into that yes Yes, I definitely do. I want to go ahead. And again, just some information um, as far as, you know, vaccines, um, how much, how many vaccines we're intended to get, what the schedule is like. Um, And then I want to share a personal story um, in reference to how vaccines has gone ahead and affected a close friend of mine. And um, just again, just get the information out there. Let you guys do what you wish with it. But yeah, man, it's going to be a fun show. I'm excited. So let's start with, excuse me, (laughs) my voice is not cooperating today. Let's. Sounds like warm honey, man. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) So let's let's start with with, with, uh, how they work. So basically what happens is the normal body's response to, let's say, an invasion from, from some foreign germ is that... After a few days of that germ being in the system, the body's immune system kicks in uh, and starts to fight the infection. And in that process, it creates something, uh, some memory cells that once the body successfully defeats or beats that, 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 that virus or the, those germs, uh, those memory cells then remain and uh, give you an immunity against whatever that particular germ virus was. So that if you encounter it again, you can fight it, your body can fight it, and uh, you either avoid infection or it'll be much milder. So that's the body's normal response. 
A vaccine is basically made to imitate that. The type of infection, however, almost never causes illness, according to vaccine proponents. So, you know, a caveat there, almost never causes illness. I just want to interject briefly here, Cynic. So that makes sense as far as how the flu shot works, right? So they go ahead and they inject us with this, um, what can we say? With a virus? Concoction, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And it's expected for us to go ahead and kind of adapt. Our body's supposed to adapt to it. Is that right? Yeah, so basically with the flu... Uh, because the flu is constantly changing, that's, first of all, that, that's the reason why you're supposed to, according to experts, get a, a flu shot every year because supposedly the flu virus changes uh, regularly. But yes, they um, take some of so that virus and inject you with it so that your body will uh, basically have a reaction and create the cells to fight that virus so that when the flu season actually hits uh, your body if you if you encounter that virus your body will be prepared so to speak and uh, can fight off the the virus and avoid you getting either getting sick or or at least uh, getting getting too sick from it i don't know man that that sounds pretty shitty to me (laughs) (laughs) i mean Call me crazy, but I, I think that, you know, our bodies, our bodies figured it out long before, you know, we, we had any of these ideas of flu shots or vaccines or whatever the case may be. And again, I'm only going to interject briefly, you know, I'm definitely going to let you finish, but our bodies knew way before, you know, any of this, how to figure it out. I, I definitely think that the way we live our lives our dieting, right? Those are major issues as to maybe why our immune systems aren't as strong, right? So that can possibly possibly bring up a case as to why you think you would think that you would need a flu shot, you know, every year. Um, and again, I'm not here to to tell you yes or no. Me personally, I don't get flu shots. Um, I haven't been sick in the past three years, I believe. Um, so I don't know, man. I, (laughs) I don't know if it makes sense for me to go ahead and inject myself basically with the flu, have a high possibility or probability of being sick or getting sick because of that, just so my body can have, you know, an idea of what it needs to do to fight it. Call me old fashioned, but I'll eat my veggies, drink my water, get my workout in. And I think that's a great way of making sure, you know, we stay healthy. So just my two cents, man. I hope I didn't throw you off there, but. No, no, not at yeah, all. Not at all. That's how I feel about it. I, I, I totally agree with your point about uh, staying healthy, you know, healthy eating, staying fit and all of these things. I don't know about you. I definitely don't do a good job of that. <laughs> and. <laughs> I'm going to make the assumption that quite a few people don't do a very good job with that. I mean, yeah, sure. When you're younger, that's that's what it's, you know, you you got a lot of time, you make time for that. But okay, fair point. I think... (laughs) You're not old, man. You're not old. (laughs) What do you mean? When when you're younger, 
you can go ahead and make some time and run around and play with the kitties outside. There ain't no old, Before bro. Before I retire. But I get what you're saying. Before I retired, I, I was, I was <laughs> So, no, but the thing is, you're right. The body is capable of fighting it, uh, of fighting most of these disease diseases. Um, a good example is uh, my son. So, you, you know, my son, he didn't get uh, the vaccine against chickenpox. He acquired chickenpox, you know, wherever he did. And so he went through it naturally. And he got over it. And his body has now, you know, uh, natural immunity to it. And so that's an example of what you describe. The argument, I think, against that from those who are pro-vaccine is that, sure, that is totally possible. However, some of the diseases are apparently much more dangerous than others. That's one. Um, then you also have the possibility that you might get the disease, you might even be able to fight it, but you're now likely to be able to also transmit it to someone who maybe isn't uh, so well prepared to fight it, either because their, their immune system is compromised or they're just you know older or have other diseases, whatever the case may be. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's my argument. I'm just putting forward what, what is usually the counter to that, to that argument. Let's, let's keep going. Basically, that was, yeah, a little bit about, so sort of what, what the vaccines do. Yeah. Why is it how they imitate basically, uh, or create this uh, reaction against uh, whatever virus or whatever is introduced. And these memory cells uh, remember the, so-called invaders, and then they're ready to supposedly fight the, the, the disease if you come in contact with it again. Typically, it takes a few weeks for the body to even produce some of those um, memory cells. That means that if you have been exposed to a disease, let's just use measles as just as an example and you go and get the measles vaccine or you take your kid to get the measles vaccine. If, you've, if, if they go just after they've been exposed, the vaccine will conveniently uh, not do, you know, it won't provide the immunity. Why? Because of the fact that the body uh, takes a few weeks to produce uh, these, these memory cells, these sort of warrior cells, I'll just call them, uh, to be able to fight the disease. So, in the meantime, if you've already been exposed, then uh, your body is just basically not prepared. The way I, the reason I said conveniently is because, well, I mean, it's my job to be the cynical one here. And <laughs> the fact is, when people come up with these arguments like, but I was vaccinated or my kid was vaccinated and they got sick anyway, you know, there's always going to have to be a response as to why that happened. So this is the reason. And, you know, if that's the case, that's the case. I'm not a biologist. I'm just telling you uh, the facts as I came across them. Yeah, man, those are some good points. I mean, I think when it boils down to it, it's, you know, what what side of the fence are you on? You know what I mean? Are you pro-vaccine or are you anti-vaccine? And 
with that, I think it gets, there's layers to it, right? It gets a little deeper, you know, are you pro-vaccine um, in the sense where you believe every kid should get every shot that's out there? Are you pro-vaccine in a sense where I don't think they necessarily need those 20 shots by the age of whatever, but obviously if there's something to prevent measles or a major virus out there, then I'm all for it. Or are you like anti-vaccine to the point where you're like, I don't want anything foreign, you know, in my kid's body. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, I mean, it just, I think those are the, the main things um, as far as, you know, <laughs> what, what you're about. And it's crazy because I actually had a conversation about this on Facebook you know, and that's what's great about Facebook, right? You can put it out there and, and you get everybody's opinion. But the disappointing thing, Cynic, is that people don't know how to disagree with you in a respectful manner. <laughs> so all of a sudden, when you say, okay, this is what side of the fence I'm on, this is how I'm feeling. Well, you're an idiot for thinking that way. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Yeah. Blah, 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 or this and that, you know? And it's it's disappointing, man, because I'm always I'm always welcoming, I'm always welcoming, better said, uh, you know, your opinion, whether it be opposing or whether it be aligned with what I'm thinking. But I think we can do it constructively and respectively, you know. Um, but there was one person in particular, which I won't say any names, <clears throat> one person in particular that really took offense to my stance on it. And I'll tell you today, man, the guy's blocked, you know, because he went off. It was crazy, you know. Is that and a friend of yours? It, he, uh, I would say a counterpart. I wouldn't say really a friend, but, um, you know, he was a former colleague and um, I definitely would have called him my friend. I mean, I love everyone, man, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's, you know, I, I definitely would have thought of him as my friend before that happened, but he was so, he was so uh, um, offended, I guess, you know, by, by my opinion. And again, when I stated my opinion, it wasn't to sway anybody you know, right or left. It was just, you know, simply voicing how I felt on the matter. You know what I mean? And I think you've done sending to this point a great job of making us understand the science of it. I want to ask you a question, man. And and again, you know, I appreciate you being candid here. Um, how candid you want to be, it's up to you. Uh, but it's flat out, man, how do you feel about vaccines? If you would have asked me a month ago, I probably would have told you, I'm not I'm not big on vaccines at all. Uh, I'll avoid them and I'll make sure my kid avoids them as long as I can. Because there's just too many, too many questions. And. Uh, and I just don't trust the powers that be who are trying to to push this on everyone. But since then, I've had to soften my stance a little bit and I'll explain why. Basically. We all know what's going on with this Corona shit. And I was thinking about it the other day and asking myself the question, you know, if this thing really, you know, is as bad as, as they say, and they're sure making it seem like it is pretty bad. Um, and a vaccine was to, was to uh, be created and become available. Would I take the vaccine or would I let my kid take the vaccine? And when I asked myself that question and I and I and I realized that okay, I'm actually having to give this some thought. It wasn't an automatic no. Then I thought, okay, let me ask my wife the same question without influencing her at all. I just asked her the question. And she 
had a very similar response. So that was one thing that kind of made me, I would just say, re reevaluate my position on vaccines. And then the other thing was, um, shit, I forgot what the other thing was. <laughs> but in any case, to answer your question, my position right now is um, my my problem with vaccines is it's not so much with the vaccines, to be honest. It's more with with two 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 parties, I guess. One being the uh, people who are the people and organizations, yeah, who are put in charge of creating these things, monitoring them, managing it. I think there's a very huge gap there when it comes to trust for many mm -hmm. different reasons. And I find it really hard, you know, with most things we kind of just, we, we don't pay so much attention or I'll speak for myself. I don't pay so much attention to all of the individual things that these organizations do. And I'm just not just talking about vaccine. I'm talking about the, let's say government in general. Right. Because it's just way too much going on. We don't have all the information. You know, these people are voted in and, and you assume that, you know, the assumption is that they're making the best decision in, in, you know, for the for the public. But when it comes to something this personal and when you see the. The risks and even if it's a minuscule risk, you know, that that, you know, you might be complicit in doing something that might end up injuring your kid permanently. Then, then for me, it's a question, you know, it's definitely a question to ask, like, is this really safe? Mm -hmm. You know, do they have ulterior, any, do any of them have ulterior motives? Do any of them have conflicts of interest? Probably so. So it's, it's with those people. And then the second group is, is the pro-vaccine people. And it goes to what you were saying with your experience on social media. The pro-vaccine people, to me, are a huge part of the problem because they, they're behaving as if when you when you have a question or have concern about vaccinations, as if you're just a fool. Mm. You're a fool mm. who who's putting their kids in danger, and so they act just as rabid as you know any other group in defense of of their position. And it reminded me a little bit of sort of the the way people talk about or wonder about the Trump supporters, you know, mm. the Trump supporters that are hardcore and people who are not Trump fans or supporters, they look at them and they're like, yo, how can they be so blind? How can they be so ridiculous, so foolish or whatever? And what happens in that situation is that you just, you just isolate that group even more. They dig themselves in, they dig in even more, you know, and that us versus them mentality just solidifies even more. Yeah. And so instead of responding with, okay, you know, why are you guys concerned and trying to find, trying to, you know, allay those concerns, you know, with, with real information and making it available to people. I mean, they need to do a lot more. They need to do a lot more and uh, responding the way the pro vaccine people respond. Sorry, but that's just not going to work. I hear so you. My, man. my problem is mainly with, with those groups. Uh, I think, yeah. like I said, the vaccines, I think they have a place in the right way. And with the right uh, information, the right education, I'll, I'll talk later about how I, I think could be a way to, to handle it from like, you know, the uh, regulation, regulatory or authoritative side. 
Yeah, man, brings up bring up a lot of good points there. I hope I didn't throw you off with uh, with that curveball, but um, I guess I was just itching to say my piece. And <laughs> we're agile here, baby. <laughs> as far as how I feel, man, I just think that with the with the day and age that we live in, with the pharmaceuticals being such a huge issue that it is, with the addiction to opioids and the amount of depression and and you know just horrible things coming from from prescription drugs uh, prescription drugs it's just i don't know man 27 vaccines by their second birthday is what is expected of a young baby 27 vaccines by their second birthday that that yeah. i don't know man you know and that's my thing right so if let's say it was a lot less if let's say the FDA didn't approve everything under the sun and then come back with a commercial with a lawyer on it saying, if you've taken this baby wipe and have experienced this side effect, you may be entitled to some money, right? <laughs> if the FDA were, weren't approving things left and right, if they maybe had a reputation of actually putting us first as human beings and our health first, maybe I would trust them more. Yeah, but exactly. 27 vaccines by the age of two. You know, that is, that's insane to me, man. And it really, for me, it's a red flag. And then you hear the stories, you know, as far as, you know, side effects, when it's gone wrong, we're going to get into that a little later, but it's, it really rubs you, you the wrong way. You know what I mean? When, when you hear those things and as far as the, the pro versus the anti, I agree, you know, and I'm not going to say all of them because that would be unfair, but a lot of it is, oh, you're you're stupid for not thinking this way, or it's more of a, you know, more, well, I'm just concerned about my, my kid. Right. And I get that. Right. Because if they really do believe that their kids need 27 vaccines by the age of two, um, and my kid does not have that. Now, are you going to want my kid to associate with your kid? I understand that from a parent point of view, you know what I mean? Uh, but my issue again is, you know, where it gets disrespectful and, and arrogant because just because I feel the way I feel doesn't mean you should discredit it in that sense. Now, maybe I'm a barefoot hippie, right? Maybe I'm too kumbaya <laughs> in that sense. Um, but I have the right to be that. And with the way I feel about vaccines, I never would want to put any anybody's kid at risk. But in that same token, in that same breath, I wouldn't want my kid to be put at risk. Uh, you know, so that's kind of kind of how I feel about it, man. And um, yeah, I'm excited to get into a little deeper. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's super controversial. The topic, it's it's crazy. And I'm gonna go into a little bit about when this controversy started and how and from whom mm-hmm. uh, in a few minutes. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. Uh, I don't know, maybe the Trump analogy is, is more fitting than I thought, because it kind of divides people the same way that whole his presidency has friends, families, you know, that the view on vaccines is it's crazy. What I want to do to continue here is. And I don't know if this is going to be so interesting for people. So I try to really whittle it down to the basics. But I did want to talk about like some of the types of vaccines. So from as far as I could find, there are like five main types of vaccines. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fir- one of them, or the first one, is called live attenuated vaccine, which apparently fights uh, viruses and, and bacteria. 
these so these vaccines contain a version of the living virus or bacteria that has been uh, weakened is the best way to describe it then there's inactivated vaccines which also fight viruses and bacteria uh, but they're made by inactivating or killing the uh, bacteria or the germ uh, in the process of making the vaccine for example there's a version of the polio vaccine that's called inactivated uh, polio vaccine ipv which is different than the original polio vaccine, which was OPV, the oral uh, polio vaccine. So that's the second one inactivated. Then the third one is toxoid vaccine, which prevents diseases caused by bacteria that produce toxins or poisons in the body. Then there's subunit vaccines, which include only parts of the virus or bacteria, or, you know, subunits, as it's called, instead of the entire germ. Because those vaccines contain only essential antigens and not all other molecules that make up the germ, then side effects are less common. Uh, An example of that vaccine would be the whooping cough or the pertussis uh, vaccine or -hmm. component because the whooping cough is a vaccine that it's one of these uh, combination vaccines. It's like three in one. It's diphtheria. Uh, pertussis, which is the whooping cough, and I think I think the third one is um, what's the one with a T? Tuberculosis. I think it's tetanus. Tetanus, or not? Yeah, not tuberculosis. I think it's tetanus. Okay. In this case, and then the last type of vaccine is a conjugate vaccine, uh, which fights different types of bacteria. And from what I could tell, this kind of vaccine is is made to mainly help the immune systems of like infants, because what happens is there are some bacteria that have like a special coating, like a sugar coating on the outside Mm -hmm. or sugar-like substance on the outside. And that makes it difficult for, um, particularly for infants, uh, for their body to really get enough exposure to the germ or bacteria to create the, the, let's say, the antibodies or, you know, to boost their defenses. And so these are supposed, supposedly what they do is they, uh, it's called conjugate. They add something to the antigen to basically trigger more of an immune response in 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 the immune system of in this in our example of a, of a child or an immature child, an infant. So those are the five five types. Maybe that's interesting for for someone. Maybe not. I definitely learned. <laughs> yeah, I definitely learned a lot there. Um, I felt like I was in class but it was informative <laughs> it was informative it's and a lot of that you know i'm like that doesn't sound bad you know like maybe yeah maybe i can't consider that okay I, I find myself doing that at least um but again man i just i don't know man i just i personally think that we don't we don't need that much <laughs> you know it's it just it, it's that simple i think we're a society that relies way too much on help from unnatural things, right? I think we're way too used to trying to have a quick fix for something, you know? I think we're not thinking along the lines of what can I do holistically? What can I do naturally to make sure that I keep, you know, my body running at peak performance? i rather go that route. i rather say, hey, let me try to see what I can do with what the universe has given me and what he's put around me or what what it's what she's put around me right let me let me see if i can figure it out with this first 
you know, and if I can't figure it out with this first, then you know what? I'm not opposed to considering this because at the end of the day, you know, my health is paramount. My kid's health is paramount, right? That's, that's not anything that I'm knocking here. I'm knocking any, I'm not knocking anybody for being a parent. I think, you know, (laughs) that's a beautiful thing, right? Um, But my main thing is I just, I just feel like we rely on it way too much, you know, way too much. And again, man, maybe I'm just a barefoot hippie in the woods here, but I really do think that there is an answer out there for us. You know, there are things that we can be doing. There are lifestyle changes that we could be making to make sure that we're running at optimal level as far as human beings are concerned, right? Where we're not having to worry about getting as sick. You know, um, one of my good friends the other day was telling me that um, she has a worker, uh, an employee um, that does not is anti-vaccine, you know, and is very conscious of the type of food that they're giving to their kids, very conscious of the schedule, you know, the mental health, you know, making sure that she's watering her plant and doing her part you know, as a parent, right? She's very in tune. And I say that because there are a lot of parents that are not like that, right? I'll just give you a happy meal and an iPad and let you figure it out. And I'm not knocking anybody, but if we're doing that, guys, we really got to think about what we're doing because as parents, you have a bigger responsibility and that shit is not okay, right? But getting back to, to you know, my my story here. So she's very, you know, again, in tune and involved in her in her kid's life. And I think the kid, if I'm not mistaken, is about six years old, only been sick once, right? Two sides of that. Obviously, the way our immune system works, it needs to build resistance. The only way that can happen is by getting sick, right? Or, you know, do we need a strong immune system or or maybe our immune system is strong enough and doesn't need to get beat up, right? Maybe there's another way of solving that problem, right? Maybe with what we're ingesting it's building a strong enough immune system where it doesn't have to go through getting sick to get stronger, right? So the end point is the same. And to this day, you know, baby is happy and healthy. So, you know, it's 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 hard to say, man. And then it it flows over to, okay, now when this child is old enough to go to school, right? What's going to happen there? And I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little later, man. But that's just one of my two stories that I wanted to share. Um, and again, it's too soon to tell. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, this child is 18 years old and I can tell you, well, you know, the mother makes sure to give him organic food and cook for him. And and again, mental health was there. Mental support was there. All the all the stability that the child needed was there. And they're A-OK. I can't see that far down the line. But as of right now, trajectory is looking great for the little fella. All right. And I uh, hope he stays <laughs> healthy and safe. But yeah, man, that's my my first story. <laughs> I I have two points just to go back because I realized, yeah, you, you mentioned it before. You mentioned earlier the the point about twenty two vaccines, twenty seven, I believe. Year, yes, twenty seven. Okay, I wanted to address that. Actually, I go back to that, and then the second part I will I want to address is actually uh, what you just talked about regarding uh, your friends, your friend, uh, her employee. Is it right? Yes. Her employee. And uh, the empl- and and her kid and and how how her kid is doing. So yeah, I came across the whole um, twenty however many vaccines in the first year uh, of of a child's life. I found the schedule or the vaccination schedule on CDC's website, and I was pretty surprised as well by how many 
vaccines are pumped into kids in their most vulnerable years of life. I tried to find out a little bit more about what is the reasoning behind that. Uh, the most I could find was they they want they're saying that it's less stressful for the kid if the uh, if some of the vaccines are what what is it, what's it called when they when there are multiple vaccines in one uh, dose so like the, like the MMR the, three the one. measles yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly so first of all some of those vaccines that are in that number of twenty whatever. Some of them are some of these three-in-one vaccines. And so the argument for that is we put these vaccines together, we test them supposedly, and nothing uh, shows that there's any reason why, like there's no uh, negative effects of having these particular vaccines together, supposedly. And so we give the, you know, we can give them as a three-in-one. And then the benefit is it uh, avoids having to go, you know, more often to the doctor to get the vaccination. Uh, supposedly, it saves money, and then they say it's less stressful for the kid. Hmm. Uh, that that doesn't answer the point of why twenty some odd number of them. <laughs> it just addresses uh, why some of them are given together, you know, in these like bundles. I couldn't find a good answer about why there are so many. In that first year of life, especially with the fact that, and again, I'm, I'm referring to U.S. statistics. Uh, I'm sure you are as well, being you know living there. Some of these diseases are super rare in the U.S. Yeah, I wanted to actually get into that a little bit later about looking into giving vaccines based on you know need and and circumstance, and maybe not doing this kind of blanket. You know, everyone gets twenty some odd vaccines when they're that's crazy know, when they're man. born. Yeah, so so that was one point uh, that I did want to address because I did look look into that and I did see that schedule as well. And then the second point regarding your 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 friend's employee, I mean, that's you know, I have also a similar example. So my son is eleven, and he, like I said, he got the chicken pox when he was uh, younger. Uh, yes, it was shitty, you know, with the itching and all that. He just rested a lot and, you know, eventually he got over it. That was by far the worst thing he's ever had. Uh, If he's gotten a cold or anything like that, he has been the kind of kid who he feels bad for a day or two and then he's right back. He bounces right back. So sure, you can say it's anecdotal, but, uh, for me, it's just personal experience yeah, uh, we were really health conscious, especially when he was young, uh, in terms of what he what he was fed. You know, now he's an older, uh, now he's older, almost a, a teen, preteen. So you know, he's obviously a little bit more. He's looking at honeys now, son. <laughs> <laughs> that too, it's my boy. But um, for the most part, he's, you know, he's been super healthy. And my wife and I also, we attribute that to, you know, the the sort of diet that he had as, as, a, as an infant and growing up, you know, in his early years and to the lack of vaccines. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, introducing that kind of stuff into the body 
I, I don't know. It's hard for me not to think that it could have a effect, even if it's, you know, anecdotal, if it isn't, you know, common. So just wanted to, 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 to share my two cents, my experience in a similar situation. Like I said, he's- Weren't you telling me that when he was a baby as well, you actually made his compota? How do you say that? Baby food. Yeah. It's baby food. I'm sorry for saying, I'm not sorry for saying compota, guys. You know, some words just come out in Spanish, <laughs> darn it. Um, but yeah, you would make his his own, uh, his own baby food. And I thought that was really dope because, you know, I mean, I don't know. You have an option of not to say that if you're giving your kid Gerber, you're a bad parent because this is not about that. You know, we all do the best we can and I get that. And a lot of it is just lack of information or maybe the the brain or the mind hasn't been expanded to the point where it's like, man, there's there's other things out there, right? But I know that you were telling me uh, off air that you actually um, would make his baby food, um, all natural stuff, and and I don't know, man, when you're when you're looking at and and you touched on it, um, having uh, the child does the child need that this many vaccines when their immune system is is really the weakest, right? Um, and I think if you take the the option mm. of the route of being able to give them, you know, that type of food when they're younger, that type of substance, obviously, along with breast milk, which which has been proven to be, you know, the best for them. I just think you're setting yourself up for for something great, you know, as far as how that child is going to develop and the strengths that he's that he's going to have. And I mean, the chicken pox suck, dude, but that's something that we all need to get, <laughs> you know? So the fact that he got chicken mm. pox, I think that's, we're right on schedule with that because we know that if a, an adult gets a chicken pox, a chicken pox, sorry, it can be fatal, right? So we want the kid to get it yeah. at a young age so we can kind of get that out the way and not have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, man, I think that was really dope that you did that. And um, I wanted to put it out there because again, sometimes it's just lack of information. Uh, maybe somebody out there didn't really, you know, think that that, that can be an option for you, uh, but you can, you can do that. And imagine guys, you're not dealing with sodium or preservatives and, or any of those other, you know, stabilizers that they're putting in and even baby food nowadays, you know? So just wanted to mention that and put it out there as well. Again, just to kind of yeah. get people thinking a little different if they haven't thought along those lines. Yeah, we definitely put in a little extra effort when he was small. I mean, he, he was breastfed from the beginning. Um, my wife took all of the, you, you know, I mean, she, she was careful also what she ate, but also took the recommended vitamins for prenatal and all that stuff. And he breastfed and then... Yeah, we would just buy the, uh, here we call it bio, in the States you call it organic, the organic stuff, and we would just puree it and uh, add some of the, like, you know, I think we added like some special oil to make sure he had, you know, to try and make sure that everything that he needed was in there. I don't know, omega, omega something, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember the name. But uh, yeah, it, it was a little bit of an extra effort. But to be honest, and again, I'm also not, I don't want to knock anyone because I think it's a, it's a question sure. of circumstance, sure. partly, and, and what kind of um, support system you have. You know, if, you, if you're lucky enough to be in a situation where you can really focus only on your kid, you know, and dedicate the time to 
you know, finding out what's the best for them and preparing, you know, have the time to prepare stuff, you know, then that's the ideal situation. I can imagine that there are some families that for whatever reason, you know, they either don't have the resources, the time, you know, depending on where you live in the world, you're probably worrying about going right back to work. You know, here it's not like that. So you have much more time. The mother has time and and so does the father. So, um, yeah, we we definitely put a little more extra effort when he was. Uh, That's another conversation. A kind of words we won't open. But, um, yeah, man, I, I think that's major <laughs> as well, being there. And uh, not not being expected to go back to work so soon, which is uh, something that here in the states we don't have the luxury of. But to get to <laughs> to get to a question that I had, I don't have kids, um, not yet at least. So there's certain things for me that I think, and maybe immaturely, uh, but I'm gonna run this by you, cynic. Did you ever see your son being breastfed and be like, "Dog, get off my titty"? <laughs> Was or is it more like well, where he's being nurtured? <laughs> he needs, you know, this is nourishment for the body. Um, but yeah, did, did that thought ever come across your head? Or is that? I can I can safely <laughs> report that I was never jealous of my son breastfeeding. No. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. <sighs> no, that, that's uh, quite, is quite normal, common thing here and... Yeah, it was, I don't know, I guess it was weird because you're like, everything revolves around your kids. So it's not like you even <laughs> think about that in any weird, frank kind of way. <laughs> there was a a comic, uh, who was it? I think it was Martin <laughs> that he talks about when um, his kid was first born. The only thing he could think about was that the kid was messing up his fit because his kid was being naturally born. And obviously we know what happens to the vagina in that process. So he's like traumatized. Like it's never going to be the same. Oh man. Good stuff. I wanted to ask you, man. And I hope that I'm not um, throwing off, uh, you know, your, your kind of trajectory for what you had planned for this podcast. But how do you feel about the, restrictions or the the guidelines currently with vaccines in schools. Um, and I know that I, I, th I believe mm -hmm. I asked you off air if that was something in Europe that was even a thing. And we spoke about it briefly. I know that here in the States, you get to a certain point when the child does go to school that they are going to need a certain amount of set shots or if not, they can't go. Um, and it does bring up a good question. I mean, at that point, do you do homeschooling? to kind of fight the machine, right? Or do you succumb to the pressure, right? And if you can't beat them, join them. Is that even a, a battle that you want to do with your child's life and health? I think it's very unfair. But I did want to ask you how it is kind of over there in your side of the world and, you know, what they expect of you um, as far as the vaccine vaccine schedules and, and um, you know, again, your child needing them in order to, to even be enrolled in school. Yeah. So, you know, when you're someone who's skeptical about something like vaccines, it's hard enough to fight that machine and at the same time try and make sure that you're making the right decision. Yeah, because uh, you love your kid just as much as a pro-vaccine person. You don't want to do something or make a decision that's going to mm -hmm. purposefully uh, endanger them. 
So it's hard enough when you have that stance and you're trying to decide what to do, what not to do, where to uh, be flexible, whatever. When the state tells you that you have to do something that you are not convinced is, you know, totally safe to do, it's one of the worst feelings that I think you can ever experience, especially if it comes to your kid. So we went through that in the last, so within the last mm. few months here. So here vaccination wasn't compulsory in, to, to, to be able to go to school. So it was never an issue in, in terms of him going to school. That being said, you still have the same sort of expected uh, opinions, you know, from both sides. So you could very well, you know, very easily go to a doctor or a pediatrician, I should say, for something that has nothing to do with vaccines. And, you know, they ask you about vaccines and uh, you can be totally treated like a piece of trash uh, if, mm. you know, depending on the doctor, uh, if you tell them that your kid isn't yeah. vaccinated. So, but, you know, we resolved that by finding a doctor with a little bit more uh, empathy than the uh, bitch of a doctor we, we visited <laughs> the first time. With school, it wasn't an issue because it wasn't compulsory. This year, they decided that they want to make the MMR vaccine, that's the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, mandatory. And the fact that homeschooling isn't allowed in Germany, that means that, in effect, the government has stepped you know, into our home and said, we're going to put this in your kid, whether you like it or not, because we can't choose to homeschool them. There's no alternative there. We can't choose not to vaccinate him because then they'll fine us 2,500 euros or, or more um, until, you know, he gets the vaccination. We can't choose not to send him to school. Vac uh, going to school here is compulsory. Mm. Your kid has to be registered, you know, and, and they'll find out if the, if the kid is not registered. So they literally took all options away from parents and... Uh, that kind of touches on one of the points we mentioned earlier, and that's the sort of the way that the one side treats the other and how you can never expect people who are vaccine skeptics to see your point of view if your tactic is to say, we're going to force you to do it. You force anyone to do anything, you're not going to get a good response out of it. There's going to be pushback. And um, aside from the fact that whatever trust you did have in the system, even more of it is lost now because we're not having a conversation. You're coming in here and you're telling me what I'm going to put in my kit. And so they, they drastically overstepped their bounds. And in that sense, in, when it comes to that topic, I'm absolutely 100% against it. I think they need to mind their fucking business and you know, find better ways to deal with stuff as opposed to, you know, carte blanche passing some uh, law that backs parents into a corner and forces them to, you know, inject some unknown substance. into. I agree, case. man. I agree 1000%. And then you have those people that, and again, I'm not going to say I'm this far to the right or to the left, but I respect everybody's viewpoint. That really do think that we're gonna be there's gonna be a, a chip implanted in us, right? By a certain day and age. 
and vaccines is how how they're doing it. Again, I'm not going to go that far to say that that's the reason I feel hot or cold about it. Um, but so that's the real reason you don't like <laughs> the mark of the beast. Nah, man. But you never, dude. You <laughs> again, man. You can never twenty-seven or you know twenty-seven. I believe the number was, if not twenty-two. Uh, don't want to misquote myself, but that just that's bananas. That's freaking bananas. And the fact that they made you, or I feel like the fact that they forced your hand in doing so. Um, and over there, you guys don't have, as you said, it's not really, you know, homeschooling is not really an option over there, right? So you don't really have another option in that sense. I think it fucking sucks, man. You know, what is the the concern with mixing a child that is vaccinated with a child that isn't vaccinated? Is the one that is the child that is vaccinated thought to be thought to get some disease from this person or... I mean, do you do you know if there if there's a an actual reason why a parent wouldn't want kids on opposite sides mingling with each other? I think parents who have vaccinated kids and try and argue that they don't want their kids playing with kids who are mm-hmm. not vaccinated. I think that okay, my opinion here because I I've not seen any reason one way or another my assumption is that is they think that that unvaccinated kid puts their kid at risk if that's the case if that's the argument at risk for uh, what, though? correct me if i'm wrong but that that just <laughs> at, at, exactly at risk for what at risk for getting the disease that your kid should be vaccinated against because then that just totally defeats the argument of for, for vaccinations i brought this point up to my doctor and he at least tried to give me uh, an explanation, not that saying that I was satisfied with it, but uh, his point was, if you have kids that are not vaccinated, they end up creating gaps in in, in the community in terms of Did he say gaps in his pocketbook? Oh, I'm and- sorry, Seneca, I didn't mean to interrupt there. <laughs> Just check it. Carry on, carry on, finish your thought. <laughs> yeah, so... They, they they create these gaps or these holes in in the community which which starts to it, it, it starts to weaken what they call herd immunity right herd immunity is when you have a certain percentage of the population that is vaccinated and then supposedly immune to a mm. disease and when you reach that threshold I th- I think I read somewhere that's like ideally 80 percent of the of the community, um, then the assumption is that that disease is less likely to make its way into that community and impact them because people are vaccinated against it. So so they won't you know get sick or as sick and maybe they won't spread it. And so the few people who are not vac- vaccinated uh, benefit from that herd immunity. Uh, why are there people who don't get vaccinated? Typically, those are people who are either have some sort of allergic reaction or reason why they can't get vaccinated, or they hmm. are really, really young. There are some vaccines that I think um, can't be given to infants yet at that age, which is kind of ironic considering they can pump 27 different ones into them, but apparently there are some that they don't get at that age. And so, and then there are some people, some older people who 
may not have immunity either because they didn't get the vaccine when they were younger. Maybe it didn't exist. I don't know. Or they've never gotten so-called booster, which I wanted to get into later to boost up that immunity because apparently that immunity goes away over time for, for most or for some disease. That's the argument that he gave me for herd immunity and why you want to have as many people or kids vaccinated as possible. If that number drops, then then that herd immunity goes away and then you have people who are, quote, more vulnerable, uh, susceptible to getting that disease from potentially kids who are not vaccinated. I just, I hear a lot of potential and I hear a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, there this could happen and... I get it. You know, I get that we do want to be proactive in a sense. I actually commend us for trying to be proactive, but I don't know if saying the chance of is enough for me. Do we have any, you know, and I, and I don't expect you to know this, but are there any cases out there that that has happened? And I, and we encourage you guys, um, when you listen to this, guys, hit the Twitter up again at no stone underscore at no stone underscore on Twitter. And if there are any cases out there, guys, please go ahead and let us know about it. You know, but I just, I keep hearing, uh, you know, what we want to do is we want to prevent this from happening. And if hypothetically this happens, then I don't, you know what I mean? So let's go ahead and put all these drugs, you know, or, you know, let's put all these vaccines, you know, (laughs) into our, our children's body. I don't, I don't, I don't see that, man. And when you look at some of these side effects, you know, again, pain, redness and swelling at the ejection site, that's, you know, something like that is is expected. But then you're looking at fever, vomiting, abnormal crying, irritability, loss of appetite, right? And those are just the good side effects, you know? <laughs> those are the ones that you you hope you that your kid gets because then it goes as far as, you know, vaccines being linked to, you know, other things like Down syndrome and, and stuff like that, where it gets a, a lot more long term and a lot more uh, permanent. Um, so I just, again, man, I, I don't, I don't know if there's enough information out there for me to be comfortable with saying, well, I'm going to go this route and put all of the all of these foreign substances into my my child's body, versus trying to figure out a more holistic way of doing it. You know. Well, recently there have been articles. Uh, in the news where they're reporting that there are some diseases that they thought uh, just as as recently as a few years ago that they thought was totally under control or whatever. I think measles might be one of them, particularly in Germany. I think that's the reason they passed this law. It's because, according to them, there's been an increase in measles uh, cases, Mm -hmm. measles cases. And so when they try to find out why is there an increase, well, then the easiest answer is, well, we have fewer people taking vaccine or getting vaccines or, or getting their kids vaccinated, decreasing the herd immunity, making people more susceptible to this disease. And so the disease is on the increase again. And now they've just, you know, like I said, the now so now they take that decision out of your hands and say you have to do it in the case of MMR in Germany. So my point is, you know, if you, you can find mm-hmm. anything on the Internet unfortunately, fortunately, and unfortunately. So I'm sure if you wanted to find some kind of, uh, quote, proof 
that uh, these kinds of things uh, happen because of uh, reduced herd immunity due to kids getting fewer vaccines. I'm sure there's someone out there who has written an article about it, or you'll find some news report about it. The question is always, can you trust it? You know, even if you read an article, like, can you trust really the source? Because most of the times they're reporting numbers that are coming from studies. And if you go back to the study, shit, you need a PhD to decipher most of those, most of the results from those uh, kinds of articles. I was trying to get through one today. <laughs> My eyes glazed over. And yeah, that's why I want people to come with actual stories, firsthand stories. I don't want you to Google anything and send me a link to it. Um, because for one, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that come into play to that. And credibility is definitely one of them. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, I'm, I'm sure we can find something out there where there's an example of that. But if anybody has any firsthand stories, I would want to hear them. Because again, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of researching going on and, and a lot of, you know, I don't know, we're getting information from from certain places. And then we want to go ahead and and think that, that that this is the Bible, you know, in some sense that what we're reading is necessarily what I should be, you know, following as far as how I live my life or how I raise my children, you know, and that's, again, you know, let's just make sure that we're doing, that we're digging a little deeper um, into things versus just kind of scratching the surface. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It takes, it takes a lot of effort to be totally honest. And I can totally understand why some people just say, you know what, I'll do what government says and uh, get vaccinated and get the kid vaccinated. And I think we touched, we talked about this off air for all of the kids or people that get vaccinated, you know, the percentage of those that have some kind of adverse reaction or whatever are according to their numbers, super small. The question always is to me as a parent, I think it should be to anyone out there is, uh, how much are you willing to play the lotto with your kid's health? Because, you know, I have an example for, for example, if you take that polio vaccine, uh, I was reading up on, on, on that. And remember, I mentioned a little bit ago that there used to be originally an oral polio vaccine, mm -hmm. OPV. According to what I read, this OPV and the, the polio vaccine was a, like a big thing because the number of people who were actually dying from it uh, was huge. It was like in the hundreds of thousands in some particular year. That's fucking crazy. Uh, in the U.S. Yeah. So when this oral oral polio vaccine came out, it was like it was a hit, you know, and they found that there was uh, I think it was in Russia. They found that you, you had a bunch of kids vaccinated as they were growing the, the number of polio um People that contracting polio went down, presumably because of the vaccine. And then when, when they became adults, that group started to get polio. Like those adults, that cohort, the polio started to kind of, it came back again and the numbers started to shoot up. And so they were trying to understand, you know, how and why. And so the, you could argue that, you know, the vaccine wasn't done properly by, by the Russian authorities or whatever. That was one potential argument. But the other one was they said it looked like the oral polio vaccine that they had given had lost its um, immune. So the, the people had lost their immunity because apparently 
that type of the vaccine, the oral one, only gave immun- immunity for like a few, I think it was a few months at the most. And then the, they needed another shot. And if they got another shot, that, that would also last maybe a few more months. But it wasn't giving them like long-term immunity, according to them. So they came up with this. That's IP. some bullshit. I'm sorry, uh, and bro. This- that, I would be so pissed if <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I'm pro-vaccines and I'm over here, you know, talking about it till I'm running the face and I get this vaccine that's supposed to pre- prevent me from getting this particular virus and I still get it. And then we find out, oh, we needed to reapply every six months. Sorry about that. No, but it gets worse. So when I was reading that, and the reason I got to this, because we were talking about the, the quote, few cases where it goes wrong, right? One of the things that I found, it says, in rare cases, about one in 2.7 million, okay, 2.7 million is a lot, but in one, about 1 in 2.7 million, the OPV version of the vaccine reverted to a, to a strengthened form of the illness. So that OPV vaccine itself reverted to like an even stronger form of polio, and it caused those that received the vaccines to become paralyzed. And so I bring that up only because if you're that one in 2.7 million people Guess what you're not going to give a shit about? You're not going to give a goddamn about all of those numbers and how rare it is and how whatever. You know, you're paralyzed now or your kid is paralyzed now. And so my point is, you're taking a gamble. Yeah. And I don't want to hear arguments about you take a gamble or risk whenever you cross the street. Get out of here with that bullshit. We all know that. But this is something where we're talking about something you can decide, you know, to put this potential poison, you know, depends on the vaccine into someone's body based on the based on trusting what the authorities are telling you. And as far as I'm concerned, this to me is just like saying sorry about that one person in 2.7 million. Uh that's collateral damage that we're willing yeah. to accept. So that's just a case, this is just an example of that particular that's vaccine. Crazy, that's crazy. Yeah. And and I I mean again, I mean if <laughs> I'm I'm sure if they had, you know, the chance to make that zero, right? If zero people were affected in would you say 27 million? What was it? 26? 2.7 there is. I knew there was a 2 and a 7 in there somewhere. Um I'm sure if they if if they can get that down to zero, they would, but the point is that it's not down at zero. And the point is is that there that one person will be affected you know and there's some people that don't play the lotto because they feel like they'll never win do you know what i mean um but that doesn't mean that someone, someone, someone always wins. <laughs> exactly somebody's always going to be that one you know and for different i know for different vaccines those, those numbers vary as far as um you know the the side effects being that extreme right um i know that um Another, you know, another story I wanted to share with you guys. And in fairness to this friend, you know, I'll I'll keep all names anonymous. Um, Basically, this individual has two children, right? One child got vaccinated, followed the machine, (laughs) did what was, you know, she did what, what was expected of her. Thankfully, the child came out, you know, as of right now, you know, pretty much healthy, healthy. Let's just say that not pretty much because there's no reason to believe otherwise. Um, Second child was born, 
You know how that works, right? We don't have to say how how the baby got there. We all understand the birds and the bees. Um, was born perfect, yeah, so far, so <laughs> perfectly good. healthy. Um, and as soon as she got uh, she got her first her first vaccine shot, everything changed. Uh, now she suffers from seizures. She doesn't eat. Um, she has to be fed through a, a special mechanism. You know what the doctors explained to my friend was that there was a um, the part of the brain that actually triggers you to eat, right, um, was affected in in one of the seizures that she had, and she, you know, she will tell you that before her child got that vaccine, her baby was, you know, completely different. I don't want to you know, say normal because this is her, her normal and she has a great outlook on it. You know, she's, you know, she, she's a, a very strong individual and she doesn't make any excuses, but she isn't afraid to ask why, right? She isn't afraid to say, Hey, you know, obviously I'm not a medical professional, but I know that my child was giggling and smiling and eating before this was introduced to her. And after this was introduced to her, now everything is different, completely different. Okay. Um, and she asked the doctor flat out, do you think that the vaccine that she took, that she took had anything to do with what, you know, she's currently going through now, as far as, you know, the, the battles that she has to, has to overcome. And the doctor says, I don't believe that the vaccines are tied to what's going on, but just to be sure, we're going to go ahead and remove her from it. I call bullshit on that. I call bullshit because if you really didn't feel it was the vaccine, you would not stop giving the vaccine to the child. If you really didn't feel like there was anything tied to it, then you would keep the child on, on, the, on the normal vaccine schedule and you would go ahead and treat whatever's going on um, as any other doctor would. You know, these are medical professionals that we're trusting with our lives and with our children's lives. And that's why some people don't go to go to the fucking doctor. Obviously, some people out there are just, you know, they have other reasons and you need to fucking go to the doctor. Right. But it, it's getting to a point where it's like, because I think back in the day, men always had this horrible stigma just to kind of piggyback on that horrible stigma of, of being afraid of going to the doctor. Right. And that's not anything that I, I want, I want to go in and convey, you know, I think we should definitely make sure our cholesterol is good. Our, our blood pressure is good. I know I'm definitely due for a checkup myself. Um, but it really goes into that's why some people, you know, really don't don't want to go, you know, for for that reason. Like, can I trust this medical professional? Um, is he really going to prescribe mm -hmm. something for me that is best for me? Or is he just going to go ahead and prescribe something that's going to benefit him financially? And again, we spoke about earlier pharmaceuticals being the biggest mafia, the biggest mob, the biggest bully on the block right now. That right now, in in you know, at least I can say, cynic in my side of the world, that in the United States, what's happening here with, with pharmaceuticals is ridiculous. All right, it's not being spoken about enough, and it's tied in to doctors getting paid in terms of price. No, it's costs, it's or? the 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 way the doctors are prescribing and getting these kids hooked on these pills. And giving them giving oh, them right. this because if they prescribe X amount to their patients, they get a nice fat bonus at the end of the quarter. Right. So it's no longer me doing what's best for my patient to make sure I can prolong their their life here. 
it's more of I'm going to do what's best for me. doesn't matter if I get these people hooked on whatever's going on. All right. So you already have, we already know that at least over here, certain, certain people are going to feel a certain way because of the way pharmaceuticals is run. But then you have a situation like my friend's case where now you have a medical professional really feeding you bullshit saying, no, it wasn't a vaccine, but just in case we're going to go ahead and remove it. And now let's go ahead and treat these things that, that she's going through. It really, again, does drive somebody to the point where it's like, man, can I even trust these doctors? Do I even want to go to these doctors? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. And it's unfortunate. Wow. It really is. All credit to her. I mean, if she's handling it, if she if she has that outlook, I, I got to tell you, that's... Um, she's a, Yeah, she's amazing, man. Yeah. That's a strength that you... She, that's, I couldn't yeah. imagine having to, to deal she's with that. She's amazing. She makes no excuses. Obviously, she does feel how she feels about, you know, and, and she's somebody who got that 50-50 split, right? Because remember, her oldest is you know, no, nothing wrong there, you mm -hmm. know? I don't want to say wrong. No side effects. That's that's what I want to say. Um, no side effects from the um, vaccines. Um, again, to the point where it's giving you a permanent change of lifestyle, right? But her second child does have that. But I, one thing I will say again: her her attitude is amazing, and um, I know that that you know she's going to do great, you know, with her two little girls. But um, again, man, sometimes it can touch close to home. So sometimes that one in two point seven million is a friend or a neighbor or God forbid you, you know what I mean? And it, it begs the yeah. question, Cynic, is purposely making your body sick ever the answer? You know, I just, I can't. Yeah, I actually wanted to get a little more into, into your perspective because it sounds to me like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're, so you're, you're coming at it from a place of, um, really wanting to take care of your body and have your body at its most optimal and based on that, being able to weather most of these diseases, if not all, so that you maybe don't need to put these things inside, you know, get these things injected into you. Is that is that kind of your outlook? Is that why you also feel like, in particular, these 27 different um vaccinations for for infants is like overdone is it because you're really just against i mean obviously i know you're you, you're i can tell your opinion on side effects or potential side effects but is it mainly the sort of the natural side of it that that you're coming 100 percent, man 100 percent. i i really do think that again you know there is more than one way to skin a cat and i do believe that as a society, when it comes to our health, I, you know, I think in some, in certain cases, we've taken great strides in being more health conscious. Um, I don't remember seeing as many people running at 6 p.m. driving home from work as I do now. Um, you know, so I think on one side of things, we're, we are a lot more aware of what we're putting in our bodies and how we're treating our bodies. And if we're giving each other um, or, or we're giving our bodies um, the, the enough exercise that it needs you know, on a week to week basis. Um, I've never seen, you know, so much fitness models. <laughs> and I don't remember ever seeing so much fit fitness models, at least <laughs> um, like you do now. So again, on one side of that, I think we're, we're definitely on track, but I do think on another side of it, we've just become way too dependent on kind of creating a shortcut. And for me, like you said, man, mm -hmm. these, 
you know, these things aren't proven. You had a, a perfect example with the Russian vaccine with the polio. And, you know, little did they know that as they grew to adults, they actually, you know, got it because they didn't have enough research to tell them, well, they should get this every X amount of time to to continue to prevent, you know, the polio disease. You know, um, that's a perfect example. We don't have all the answers yet. I don't think there is enough research on that side of it yet where I feel comfortable enough to be like, you know what, you know, they're saying this, this, and the other, and I can take that to the bank. You know, I feel like there's yeah. a lot of stuff that they're just, the gaps, they're filling it in themselves. And then it's comes to me where it's like, do I want, do I want to risk, even if it's, man, even if it's one in 50 million, do I want to risk that with my child? Right. And then two, mm -hmm. Do I want to go ahead and, and put so much faith and so much stock into, you know, a system that is really ruled by money? And that's, you know, for me, it's, it's the biggest thing. You know, it's it's never really about us and what's best for us. Not fair to say that. I'll rephrase that. It's it should be what's best for us, but it's not always the case. Right. We would want to believe that we're getting treatment that is going to be what's best for us and again to prolong our life but we're learning now more and more that it's a dirty game and we really have to be careful with the things that that we're taking from our medical professionals there was a point in time that you can take something from the doctor and not think about it i remember when i was growing up you never questioned that well if the doctor said you need <laughs> to take x cc's of this and you have to take it two times a day and you know I wouldn't think twice. Now I go online. I look at the side effects. I look at if it's something that I need to take. You know what I mean? I really do my research now because I don't know if I if if I can trust if I can trust everything that I'm getting from them. So that's kind of my viewpoint on it. And again, it's I'm not here to convince anybody. I'm just kind of here to talk about the topic, let you know what we think, and then also give you some facts about it, you know, because we don't ever wanna um because we feel a certain way about it, try to persuade you with with misinformation you know um but that's really how i feel about it cynic as far as you know where in the spectrum uh, i am and how i think we need to operate moving forward i hear you, you. i hear you you know you mentioned something when you when you touched on the polio topic or the polio vaccine again about how they didn't know that you needed to get it get another or follow up mm -hmm. or a recurring dose and I had a lot of, well, I had quite a bit of info on that that I'm not going to go into. Suffice to say, there are a couple of like main reasons why some of these vaccines are given in, in, in a series. So like, you know, the first of three, second of three, and then, you know, maybe the last one, if there are three vaccines or, or three in, in a series or the booster, which is something that like tetanus that you maybe get 10 years later. And the reason behind all of that is is supposedly because the immune system either a uh, they not build enough antibodies. So if it's a series, uh, you take the first one and it hasn't built enough immunity or antibodies or whatever antigens, and so you take the next one and then if necessary the next one depending on the vaccine. In the case of the booster, it's because uh, they say okay you've had that immunity, and it's worn off over time, so you need the booster. Mm. In any case, uh, this is something that this is something that I couldn't find any real hard evidence for 
why it's really needed. What I mean is this. If the goal is to have the antigens or whatever in your body, you know, that's something that can be checked by a blood test. And so, in fact, you could receive a vaccine, let's say the measles, mumps, rubella, and receive one and then go and get your blood tested and see if you have those antigens. And if you have them, you shouldn't need another one, mm -hmm. right? But the reason that they don't do it that way is because of the extra cost and expense you know, the extra expense and the extra time required because it means you would have to go for a blood test. That's going to cost money. Then you would have to go again, potentially, if you if you need another shot to get the other shot. So it's a question of time and money at the end mm. of the day. And to avoid all that, they just say, just do it. Just do it. Recurring. That's it. Then we make sure that you have it. Have it. And so... <laughs> That for me is another kind of it's 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 another reason why I think these kinds of arguments are not they're not good enough, you know they're not good enough. In a country like in the U.S. of three hundred plus million people, I get that you can't have individual solutions for everyone, but everyone should be aware that when you have blanket solutions like this, you're gonna have people falling through the cracks like your friend, definitely, right. like your friend's definitely. daughter. People need to be aware. I of that. couldn't agree more. I, I and I just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't understand how we get lazy with it. And I understand some of it could be financial, and you know, but there's there's enough. There's enough resources. There's enough funding, right? If, I think if the system isn't so broken and there aren't so many people with their hand in the cookie jar, there's enough, man, to make sure that we all get the type of individual attention that we need you know, versus they're having a general plan and saying, well, this is what everybody needs to do. And like you said, you know, with, with the system the way it is now, you're going to have people that, that fall through the cracks. Um, like again, how, how it hit very close to home with one of my, with my, with one of my friends. Um, so again, man, I'm not here to, per to persuade anybody left or right, give you my angle, give you some, some facts along the way, but I just, I don't know, man, I, I refuse to, I refuse to look at it and see how it's set up now and think that that's what's best. Um, again, you know, when it comes yeah. to my seed, my, my potential children, when it comes to my health, shit, I won't even get a flu shot. I'll tell you straight up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I remember um, when I was younger, my mother used to get them, right? And you actually touched on it earlier um, in, in the podcast as far as why this actually happens, but I never understood it. She would get her flu shot. A week later, she would be sick. And I'll be like, uh, Mom, <laughs> didn't you just get a shot? And she would explain <laughs> to me, yeah, but what happens is that I'm getting injected with the virus so my body can go ahead and ultimately fight it off. And from a very young age, <laughs> from a very young age, <laughs> I started questioning the machine. You know, and I was like, how the fuck does that make sense? <laughs> you know, and and again, I'm not here to persuade anybody um, to or or to not get the flu shot. I could just tell you how I live my life. Um, but I'm healthy as an ox, man. And, I, you know, I just I attribute that a lot to 
kind of me not being afraid of, to think outside the box and, and not just conforming when it comes to that stuff, you know? For sure. Yeah, For man. Sure. So listen, uh, I, I really want to get into at least one more part of this because for me, it's kind of the, it's, it's where this whole thing started in terms of the, the questioning and the arguments and the sort of back and, f- you know, these create the creation of these two sides, the pro and anti. Talk to me, baby. Talk to me, so, baby. So, so basically there's this guy. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> there's this guy. Once upon a time, this guy, <laughs> his, his name is Dr. Okay. Wakefield. Yeah. And he was a, I say was, yeah, because they, they, they took away his license Ooh. to practice medicine. He was a gastroenterologist and back in the early nineties, he was looking into some subset of kids that apparently he was working with. They were displaying uh, signs of, of, uh, of bowel disease and neuropsychiatric mm-hmm. disease, which is another name for autism, or at least it was in that time. Right. And so he saw that and, Part of his hypothesis was he he associated the vaccination and and we're talking specifically about the measles, mumps, okay. rubella, the MMR. He associated associated that vaccine with uh, this uptick in in autism cases. He wasn't the only one. Uh, before that, there was there were two other doctors, uh, some guy named Fundenberg and another guy named Gupta, who were at least looking into the same. Uh, hypothesis, right? So in 98, he published an article or a study where he said that in of the 12 cases studied of measles, uh, of the measles virus in the digestive system of children who had exhibited uh, autism symptoms after the MMR vaccine vaccination. So he put that out in his paper, but in his paper, he didn't specifically tie the two together. However, uh, he also put out a video that coincided with the release of that paper or that publication. And in the video, he says the risk of the particulars of this particular syndrome uh, developing is related to the combined vaccine. And so he's saying specifically about the MMR, the fact that you're combining the measles, the mumps and the rubella together is seem or seems to be causing increase in in autistic uh, children. He recommended that the combination of that vaccine, that those three vaccines be suspended and that they do it basically individually. The arguments started to like the shit literally hit the fan uh, when when that when he came out with that. And people started to look into him and his dealings and trying to figure out, you know, where is he coming from? You know, what's his angle? And uh, he was accused of having worked trying to or filed a patent for a single measles vaccine, which is what he was saying they should do. They should not stop giving the three Mm -hmm. vaccines and do it individually. Someone investigated and said he filed a patent in 1997 for a single antigen measles vaccine. Um, And so it showed that he had some interest in promoting that. Uh, but then also, so later on, according to CNN, Wakefield said that the patent that he had was actually not for that, but it was for an over-the-counter 
nutritional supplement to boost the immune system. So I can't tell you what's right or wrong there, but that's the story of where this actually started from. It started from this doctor publishing something, saying that there's a connection, or at least saying it in his video, and that started the controversy hmm. with the MMR, specifically the MMR vaccine. And many studies were done according to the information that I was reading. Of course, none of the studies say that there's a connection there. So what they were saying, you know, the way they describe it in the paper is that the anti-vaxxers then shifted from the MMR vaccine being a cause uh, for for autism itself to some of the ingredients um, that might might be causing it, and specifically uh, mercury. So, so a lot of these vaccines, or some of these vaccines, I should say, I won't say a lot, have something called thimerosal, right? And thimerosal is like a type of mercury. The kind of mercury that's found specifically, there's a type of mercury that's found in fish. Um, mm -hmm. It's called methyl mercury. And then there's another type that, and I should say, and that that is not metabolized by the, by the body well at all. Mm -hmm. It's 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 basically a toxic. A toxic. That's where me mercury oh, oh, comes from, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. But then there's apparently another type of mercury in thimerosal, which the body can metabolize, and it's called ethyl mercury. And so here then, here came the argument. So everyone was saying, or the, the anti-vaxxers were saying, look, they have mercury in the fucking vaccines. This shit is clearly a poison. You can find it on like the FDA's website. Their FDA specifically was trying to, or specifically asked the, 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 the pharma people to remove this stuff from their vaccines. And that, according to the article, also got blown out of proportion. Their argument is, yes, there is this uh, thimerosal in the vaccine. It's not the, let's say, quote, bad kind. It's the less bad kind. And uh, you, you guys are blowing this all out of proportion, whatever. So that would be the second hypothesis for autism, the thimerosal hypothesis. Yeah. And, and then there are more. But those are the biggest ones that you hear about uh, that people tie or try to tie to, to autism. The ingredients, I mean, when I go into the ingredients, if I go into them, I don't know if we'll have time, there is some pretty scary stuff in these vaccines. The argument, though, is that they're all uh, in such minuscule amounts uh, that they don't uh, have an impact on the body negatively and... The other argument is that a lot of these things we are uh, consuming or ingesting or whatever just from our environment or already exist in our bodies anyway. Again, you know, do with that what you will, but that's just to muddy the waters I mean, a little bit more. I got to ask, dude, what, <laughs> what are the ingredients, man? Because uh, if, if the shit in our food, you know, there's actually... <laughs> You know, there's actually wood chips in Parmesan cheese. They just, <laughs> it's a different name for it. So you, it, it doesn't actually say wood chips in the ingredients and they do it so um, it doesn't clump up together. Is that a fun fact? <laughs> this is a bonus <laughs> one for you guys. Um, but that's just an example. If there's crazy shit like that in our actual food that they've approved and said it's healthy, by the way, just want to point that out. 
Um, I'm very intrigued <laughs> to hear some of the ingredients. If you don't mind, I mean. No, not at all. I, I, there's a ton of different things. I only have a few that I made a note of. For example, formaldehyde. You know, formaldehyde. Yes. Uh, they use that for, uh, well, partly it's used for disinfecting things. Uh, it's also what's used to embalm dead bodies. Um, That's in cigarettes too, I think. The, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yes, I think that is in some yeah. cigarettes. Is it? Isn't it? I believe so. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to get yeah, into no, naming no, the cigarette, but I think I heard the same. Um, apparently, the U.S. National Toxicology Program describes formaldehyde as a known carcinogen. Now, I'm not going to get into the details about how they argue that it's okay. I'm just telling you that is an ingredient. You can look it up even right on the the details of the vaccine if you're able to get your hands on it. Otherwise, you'll find it online. Uh, aluminum hydroxide. Aluminum hydroxide is found in in one of those multiple vaccines. One that I found really interesting, or a couple that I found interesting, were in the MMR vaccine. So the MMR vaccine has fetal bovine serum. Fetal bovine serum is extracted from the fetus of a baby cow. So at the slaughterhouse, you'll have female cows. They're pregnant. Um, The cow would, I guess, be slaughtered. The fetus would be... I guess before it's removed, they have some special process where they um, remove the blood from the fetus. And from that, they create some serum, which, again, I mean, this must be in minuscule amounts, but they create a serum. And part of that is an ingredient in this MMR vaccine, as well as something called, this is crazy, WI38 human human diploid lung fibroblast. What the fuck? What's that? What that is? Enlighten me. That's derived. That's derived from the lung tissue of a three-month gestation aborted female <sighs> fetus. Twenty seconds. Human. That's not okay. That is not okay. Vaccines save lives. <laughs> that is not okay. Wow. <laughs> and that's the that's the thing, man. Like, do have we have we gone to the extent to do the research? on what we're actually putting in our bodies and putting in the bodies of our children or potential children. Have have we gone to the extent to see what are the actual ingredients that we're trusting, you know, this, the medical profession with when it comes to, you know, them making the decision of what goes in our body. I mean, I, come on, man, just, just those two right there. What are we vampires? You know, when I was looking that up and reading on reading up on it, I was thinking the same as you. And then I threw, and then I realized, if I, I have to be honest with myself, I don't know the ingredients of half You're the right. stuff that I eat. You ain't lying. Or uh, what is in the air here? I, I live near near a recycling factory, or whatever, and I sometimes smell something weird. I have no <sighs> idea what's in the air. That's not good. Um, so yeah, this is. I think they. This is kind of what they count on, right? Because imagine if you had to really, you know, unless you were ready to become a monk and go live somewhere in the mountains away from the pollution, eating a total vegetarian or vegan diet, you know, sustained from the nature that's around you, we're like swimming in this kind of stuff. 
And if you wanted to get into the details of everything in your life that might have a poison, I mean, even the goddamn deodorants aluminum. had yeah. aluminum up until recently. And you can get so, aluminum poisoning, by the way. That is a thing. And, and I get what you're saying there, right? But I also believe that there needs to be a start, right? Because if we if we stand at the bottom of the mountain and we look up, we're never going to want to go ahead and take that first step. But if we just put our head down and we take that yeah. first step and we take that next step and we and we follow it by another, next thing you know, that's how you conquer that mountain. So you're absolutely right. You know, if, are we really going to go ahead and do dissect it to the extent where, okay, we're looking at what ingredients, you know, they have in these vaccines if we're going ahead and we're eating red meat or we're smoking cigarettes, right? Or whatever the case may be. But I do think as a society, we are becoming more aware. Like I said, I've never seen so many fit fitness models in my life, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all a supporter, you know, and, and all the ass models out there, you keep doing your thing. You're doing, you're doing great work. All right. But um, I've never seen I don't remember seeing a society that was so conscious of their health as a society that I see now. So it's not to say that we're all lost and, you know, we're so far away from from figuring things out. I think we are figuring some things out. But I think just like we are making different decisions when it comes to the food that we eat, at least here in America, um, you know, we are because I, I, I will say that when I go to Europe, I do feel like you guys are ahead of the curve when it comes to just being more uh, aware of lessening, you know, the possibility of putting something in your body that we don't know the effect of, or it can have, you know, a negative effect. I do think that you guys are, are definitely, you could just tell when you eat a cheeseburger, for example, um, in Europe, it tastes totally different than a cheeseburger here in the States. Right. And it's just because you guys have higher standards for your fast food and you're not going to give your people dog meat. Right. But we again, we can't be afraid to take that first step. We can't be afraid to make baby steps. We can't be afraid to maybe, you know, us looking into this changes the way that you eat. It changes the way you, you know, you the, the food uh, that you're giving to your to your kids, your offspring. It you know makes you understand what processed sugar can do. You know, it makes maybe this can be the start of something. Right. So just playing devil devil's advocate there where, um you know. Don't feel bad if, if you are looking into things, but you are, you know, if you're still falling short in other areas, right? Um, because again, it's all about making that start. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the this this is what life is. Yeah, it's about the, the journey. So we, we might fail sometimes and we just got to keep up, get up and keep on going and start yeah, again. Trial and error. I mean, I know for yeah. myself, yeah, for myself, I, I've done it so many times i'm getting tired of it but i what, what other choice do you have right you, you you try a little here you fail a little there you adjust and as long as uh, like you said you're, you're trying to inform yourself you're trying to make yourself better maybe a little plug for one of our upcoming episodes which is as i talk about trying to make yourself better and why you try to make yourself better is it ego or is it because you really want to? Or if you really want to, why do you want to? There's a whole lot of stuff that I want to get into. So I think that's one of the episodes we're gonna we're gonna have. I like it. Uh, I like soon. the teaser, baby. But nevertheless, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the fact that you're trying is 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 worthwhile. So yeah, I don't mean to put anyone off at all. What what can I say? We we have mm -hmm. to we have to keep I trying to do you. better. 
it just I don't know. I don't I think we're closer. Is you know what is the <laughs> is the answer you know maybe keeping the uh vaccinated children <laughs> in a community and keeping the unvaccinated children in a community. I don't know if the answer is segregation. I think we're going backwards <laughs> if we start doing that. But man, I just I don't I don't like I don't like uh the fact that you know in certain situations my hands going to be forced. You know, um and again if I live in the side of the world that that I live in again, you know, down here in Miami, Florida, the United States of America, if I live if I live over here, I have another option. But what if homeschooling is not an option where you're from? You know, and I and I feel like a lot of parents find themselves either not not researching about it enough, not caring about it enough, or just kind of if you can't beat them, join them type thing. Because obviously not educating your children is not ever an option. You definitely want to do that. And maybe you can't afford homeschooling if you even if you are here in the States and it is an option for you. Um, I think a lot of parents just kind of throw their hands up and say, well, there's I don't have I don't have much of an option, but, you know, let's not be afraid to talk about it. Let's not be afraid to challenge it. You know, let's not be afraid to bring opposing views on it to the table and, and, and talk it out. Maybe this is the start of bettering the system, you know, of actually talking about guys, um, you know, what we have in place. Could it be better? You know, are we overlooking some things or is our focus in the wrong place? Is our focus on, you know, financial gain versus you know, the betterment of, of the people and the community. Um, I don't know, <laughs> you know, is, is there a better way of doing it? And I, I have to believe that there is, you know, and I know overpopulation is a thing again, not, not, not to get too, you know, too far off track here, but maybe that's part of it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the way they're controlling the population. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not talking about UFOs here. But we'll talk about that. <laughs> we will. Um, but you know, you can't you can't put anything past past people nowadays because again, it's it's a different day and age that we live in where you can't just take, you know, the word of a medical professional to the bank. You kinda have to fact check it. And it's it's just sad. It's sad, you know. But again, hopefully this does spark the conversation and uh bring some opposing topics to it and and we can find common ground, man. Maybe, maybe a way of of improving the wheel. Agreed, agreed. I have only one little bit left to close uh, from my side in terms of what I have. Uh, Let's do prepared it. for today. Basically, my opinion on vaccines or, or how I think we could maybe move forward. Um, I explained already earlier about my my opinions and why. I I think vaccines have a place. To be honest, in my opinion, they should be Mm -hmm. treated less. Yeah, I think they should be treated, though, less as a blanket solution with, you know, these schedules uh, that that, uh, you have, for example, from the CDC. But I'm sure they exist in every Western country (laughs) uh, with these schedules that apply to everyone. You know, you get the first five vaccines by this month and the next 10 on this year or whatever. I think that is done really to make the system or make it easier on the system and to save money for the system. And I don't think that's a good enough reason to use such a blanket solution where you're pumping a lot of, of these things into, into little, Mm -hmm. you know, into infants. Instead, I think that they should be separated into what is needed when it's needed and by whom it's needed. 
right? And I think multiple doses can and should be avoided. I think they should test for antigens if you if someone gets a vaccine. Um, they should test for the antigens to see if they have the immunity instead of assuming that they don't and, and just giving them the second and the third and then the booster or whatever. Uh, I think that's something that would help people who who like me, who are like me, you know, I'm not a staunch anti-vaxxer. I just need more information. You know, I, 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 I'm, yep. I'm skeptical. And so you want to bring people in, you know, that's, I think one way that would help. I, th- I think maybe they should, there should be a nonprofit organization set up specifically to give vaccines, to act as a watchdog against pharmaceuticals. I think there should be a nonprofit um, entity. Yeah, entity that is, uh, I'm trying to think of the word right now, I can't, but they're, they're basically mm-hmm. neutral. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? And I and, and I think that should be their main, vaccines should be yeah. their life. It should be, you know, that should be what they do. And part of what they do is bring in some light into this black box of vaccinations and, and educate people. And hopefully with a setup like that, You'll never get rid of greed, but maybe you can have a better eye on, you know, potential conflicts of interest and stuff like that. And lastly, I think they should remove mandatory requirements for vaccines, full stop. I think anytime you force anyone to do anything, you're infringing on those people's personal rights, whether they allow you to do it or not, whether they're aware of it or not, you're still infringing on people's personal rights rights and that's just not okay you're never going to get people on your side if you're forcing them to do something right if vaccines work if they're safe and they're reliable then let the results speak for themselves and people will come to you for the vaccine that's it it's beautiful man well put and you know you and i i don't think would always um see eye to eye which i think again is is beautiful because it's going to bring a certain contrast uh to this show but i i would have to agree with you man i i wouldn't say that i um and a hundred percent anti but i just want us to again make sure that we're not afraid to question it either um that we're not going to ignore certain red flags um, that we're not going to admit that it's geared right now by you know a machine that is really i don't want to say corrupt but is not in it for the right reasons which is the health of the people it's it's controlled by a machine that you know, all it wants to do is just continue making money, uh, you know, and because of things like that, let's not be afraid to go ahead. And and, and again, this is my, my point of view. Let's not be afraid to go ahead and question uh, the red flags. Let's not be afraid to question the system that we currently have set up. Uh, but as of right now, I don't know if I've seen enough to be to a point where I'm going to say, hey, let's go ahead, stick um, stick in the, those 27 needles into my son's arm. You know, I don't know if I've seen enough. I I need to see, you know, like you said, man, um, an entity that's neutral, right? That has no dog in the fight is a great idea. Nonprofit, beautiful idea, because now we take the the greed out of the equation because we know that, you know, something's only going to last, you know, so long, unfortunately, before money comes into play. And that becomes the driving issue, right? And people lose the focus on why they started it to begin with. Um, I think that's an amazing idea, yeah. man. I think that's something that we we do need to start working towards. And again, let's just make sure, you know, 
let's just make sure that we're not afraid to improve things that can be better. Um, even if they are something that's been set in stone, you know, for as long as vaccines have. And I do want to say there's a lot of good that have come from vaccines. Vaccines, there's certain vaccines that have stopped, you know, plagues, <laughs> you know. So I am I'm definitely not knocking um not not knocking it to an extent where, hey, you know, all of those are bad. But again, the way we currently have set up, is it the best? Can we improve the system? Um, what are we really putting, you know, into these these young babies? Um, what are we really putting their immune system through? Is this the best for it when it's all said and done? Those are things, again, that I, I think that we can't be afraid to question when it all boils down to it, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. I love this. I love this. I love this uh, topic. I'm glad that we were able to talk about it today. Um, as always, hopefully we we gave the listeners, you know, some information that, that uh, they didn't know before. But I definitely enjoyed talking about it and giving my two cents, man. Yeah, likewise. It was super interesting doing the research for this. Like I said, but it was it was like a a, more more. a bit of a yeah. going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so much information out there, and I have to say, ninety percent of what I found was from the pro vaccine side. So do with that what do with that mm-hmm. what you will. But um, for all the abuse that people who are against vaccines or skeptical against vaccines or about vaccines, for all the abuse they get. Um, Seems to me like the loudest people and are the pro-vacciners. I just want to interject yeah. here, man, because when I was doing research for this episode as well, I found, too, that a lot of the information out there was debunking those cases where there was a side effect that was either a side effect that was either terminal um, or just, you know, something that you're going to have to live with your whole life. Right. Because they are both of those things that happen on the negative side of it. But it just begs the question, like, is that just a machine? Right. Is that is that are they controlling mm-hmm. the information? Because I had to go digging, you know, for the the dark side of it. It wasn't something that was just there on the first page where it was just information, neutral information, you know, no pros, no cons. You search for something or you're, you're researching something. This is what it is. I really had to go digging for the negative effects because, you know, the first couple pages were pros, pros, pros or, or you know, articles debunking the stigma that vaccines have anything to do with autism. So um, again, it just, it begs the mm-hmm. question, man, why, why are they trying so hard, you know, to, to kind of, I don't know, keep us, keep us in that, in that state of mind where, Oh, you have nothing to worry about. This is what you should be doing. You know, I don't know if I'm looking for information, I should be able to find that information unbiasedly. So I, I did want to add to that because I did find a, you know, a similar, uh, obstacle in, in doing res- research for this podcast. And it really made me wonder like what's going on, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm going crazy. No, definitely not. Yeah. I, I ran into the same, I ran into the same. So, um, before we go, maybe, uh, we should tease a bit about a few topics that we're looking into for coming episodes. Let's do it, man. I love it. I mean, I already mentioned ego. I, that to- it's a super interesting topic for me personally, uh, because, well, I, I I try to be pretty conscious of myself, my thoughts, my spirituality, for lack of a better term, 
like I, I like to think about these topics and ego is one that kind of fascinates me. So I definitely want to talk about that. At some point, I want to talk about spirituality in more general sense, maybe spirituality and religion. Maybe we can mix those two. Yeah, uh, man. What um, else? I love how you were talking about ego, right? And, and that being a topic. Um, I also want to talk about the death of ego and when that, what happens when um, you take DMT and um, specifically ayahuasca. You know, and I'm not somebody who, you know, has, has ever messed with anything like that um, in particular, because I've always really, you know, respected that from afar and never just knew enough about it. But there's something that happens when you take ayahuasca, which is called the death of the ego. Um, and it really just, you know, just to kind of let people in, it's proven that when you when you take that and it is something that you smoke, um, you know, you, you go to another another planet. Um, but basically, you know, you, you kind of leave for 15 minutes and it's a very spiritual experience. And um, again, there's something that happens in that process that's called death of the ego. So you come back and you're a lot more humbled. You understand that we're all connected. And and again, man, you know, when when Denver, Colorado is approving psychedelics um, or making them legal, legal is the word I want to say, not approving. But now psychedelics are legal in Denver, Colorado. There has been. Um, research done where it can be used um, as again medication. It does bring up a great, great, uh, great yeah. topic to talk about. Um, toxic relationships is one that I definitely, you know, want to talk about. Um, childhood, you know, traumas that we might carry as adults. Um, depression and mental health is something I definitely want to touch on. Circumcision is uh, something we want to touch on as well. And I, I know that sounds weird. <laughs> I know it's that sounds weird, but um, I've always been on one side of that fence, right? And then I did some research on it. And then after that, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I don't know what I thought I knew. <laughs> um, so we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, GMOs, genetically modified organisms that we can find in our food, are something you can um, definitely expect to hear from us moving forward social media and uh you know kind of how it runs runs our world so i don't want a laundry list here man but definitely some some different things you know that that they can expect and i know we're excited to chat about it so should be fun for sure i would love to hear from uh, any any listeners who have either suggestions for topics or um, if you want to want to listen or hear any one of those topics uh, first, because you're particularly interested in it, just share it, let us know, and uh, we'll bring it to you. Yeah, once again, our Twitter is at no stone underscore, N-O-S-T-O-N-E underscore, which is that little line that's at the bottom of the font. And um, as well, if you guys any uh, have any questions, comments uh, that you want to go ahead on either previous episodes that you've that you've heard, um, again, we want to go ahead and, and open the highway and make this as interactive as we can with our listeners. So we welcome all that. And uh, we definitely look forward to see what you got for us. Yeah, definitely. So thank you all for listening again. And we, we really appreciate any feedback. Let us know. Get in touch and join us again next week when we'll bring you the next surprise episode. <laughs> you don't know because we don't know, suckers. Uh, man, I love it. But thanks for joining us, guys. Um, I know I had fun this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll catch you guys on the other side, suckers. See ya and choose. Peace.